welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Ellen, I am brilliant. Oh my gosh, a new word every day. Are you just like pulling up a thesaurus and just... I just have a thesaurus list that I pick from. I thought brilliant was a good, uh, you know, since we're talking about a historical romance yeah. that's set in England, I thought yes. that would be a good word to your, go along with your, our book today. Your brills. Uh, okay, so today, as mom alluded to, we're going to be talking about Wicked and the Wallflower by Sarah McLean. And later, we're going to talk about romance novel titles, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But first, mom, what have you been reading? Oh, shoot. I didn't even bring all that up, but I can quickly. I finished the Anderson Mallory series with the last two books. Um, and then I finished. Okay, so last week we did Bittersweet. So then I finished that whole series. Yes, me too. And um, read all of those. Um, loved it. And I'm trying to think. Then I read this one for this week. Um, uh, what did we read? <laughs> Wicked the and the Wallflower. Wicked oh and the Wallflower. And I read that one. And now I'm reading the, um, I'm not going to remember what it's called, Ellen. Um, oh, I read The Varley and the Voyeur. Yes, you did. I read that one. Um, and then now I'm reading The Art of flirting or the secret of flirting there you go that one (laughs) so we have some overlap um since last we spoke i finished the true north series by serena bowen so i read bountiful i was reading i had started bountiful when we last spoke um and i read speak easy which is the most current book um then i read the secret of flirting by sabrina jeffries which is four or five I think in her Sinful Suitors series Um, and then I read The Varley and the Voyeur by L.H. Causeway and Penny Reed which I know you're all shocked that I like jumped (laughs) on a Penny Reed Reed book. book. What? What? Um, And then I read To Love Jason Thorne by Ella Mays and Jock Rowe by Sarah Nay. N-E-Y, I'm not sure I'm saying either of those author names correctly. And I'm currently reading The Upside of Falling by Megan Quinn. All three of those are, like, new adults um, that I don't think mom would like, but um, <laughs> that's what I've been reading. Well, I was getting some flack on Twitter about reading The Varley and The Voyeur. Yes, ma- there. well, um, there were some that did not think mom could handle it. Um, I was a trooper. I made it through. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I was. I. It never got like totally out of hand. But like when the premise is revealed, I was like, oh my gosh, mom is gonna read this. But it was never like that bad. It was never as bad as it made it out to be. Even as bad as the me. I even texted Ellen in the middle of it, and I was like. I can't believe that the media would get that upset about what he did because it just wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, if you've read it, we if you haven't read it, we won't spoil like what exactly is going on in that book. Um, the title sort of gives you some clues, but um, 
But yeah, we both enjoyed that one, right? Yes. I I really liked it. I thought he was dreamy. He's a sweetheart. Yeah. Even though he's got some proclivities. Okay, so that is what we've been reading. Um, Before we leave what we've been reading, I have to just put a plug in. That True North series is really good. And I loved, well, book three, uh, Bountiful, is that the book three? Um, Uh, No, that's not. It's book book three. Oh, garbage. Keepsake is book three. Keepsake, yes. Zach's book. Oh, my gosh. I love him so much. Yeah. That's because I had read I had read those when we last spoke, but you had it. And right, I I t- said in my Latin when we spoke about um, bittersweet that I liked bittersweet, but I loved uh, keepsake and uh, steadfast. Right is uh, the second steadfast book. is Jude's book. Yeah, keepsake is Zach's book. And I really like bountiful and speakeasy as well. I really like. I think that series definitely. Like, yep. suffers somewhat from first book syndrome, um, but I really liked... But I didn't... I liked the first book, but I just yeah. really liked the other books. And I really yes. liked um, just Zach's book when he is just holding her at night because she's had bad dreams, and he's just... He is just such a freaking sweetheart. I and love him. Yeah. He's kind of ridiculous how sweetheart he is. He is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, so, are we are we done talking about yes, yes. all the I other just books? didn't want to... Because you got to talk about how much you liked it last time. I didn't get to talk about that because I had I'd only read Bittersweet. That's true. Um, so today we are going to be talking about Wicked and the Wallflower by Sarah McLean. Um, it is the first book in her new Bare Knuckled Bastards series, which is loosely tied to her Scandal and Scoundrel series and the Rules of Scoundrel series, or as we like to call it around here, the Fallen Angel series. Um, <laughs> we've mentioned this before, but Sarah McLean was one of Mom's first forays into the romance genre. Yes. Um, her definitely your first like full romance series was uh, the Rules of Scoundrels, which is um, kind of a saucy one to start with. So. It is pretty saucy. Yeah, <laughs> there were some of those. I was like, ooh, well, that just happened. <laughs> well, but, my um... daughter's been reading this. <laughs> I'll be darned. Yeah, um... <laughs> you know, I didn't. I didn't go easy on her when she when she first started. <laughs> but I love that series so much that it was. It's a good one. Well, and when we were driving in the car and we were listening to the audiobooks, Ellen kept trying to fast forward through the racy parts. Yes. So mom got like the edited version of A Rogue by Any Other Name. Right. But then I delved in because once I finished that one, I had to read the others. And yeah. They were not edited for me. No, they were not. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I've actually reread that series because I like it so much. Yes. It's such a good one. Um, so needless to say, she's definitely a favorite at least, I mean, I won't speak for you, but she's definitely one of my favorites. I, yes, I love her books. Well, as we get into talking about the book, I think people are going to see why we like her so much. <laughs> yes, that's true. Now we always get spoilery, but this book has been out for less than a week, which is like by far our fastest turnaround. Um, so I especially want to stress that we are going to be talking about the book in depth, and we haven't given you much time on this one, so I don't want to... So from here on out, it's going to be spoilery, except for when we get into our second topic. Um, so, 
for today's book description, because I love Sarah McLean so much, I couldn't just, you know, do a normal book description. I'm not rapping. <laughs> but. ah, come on. I know. <laughs> Listen, the rap, the rap takes some time. But what's a rap without music? Just a poem. So I wrote a poem <laughs> to summarize, uh, to summarize Wicked in the Wallflower. Okay, so you ready? Yes. Enter our feisty heroine, Felicity Faircloth, a spinster wallflower longing to be flamed to a moth. Enter Devil, our smuggler king of Covent Garden. A troubled childhood has led his heart to harden. He is one of three bastards born to an awful duke. How said duke chose his heir will make you want to puke. (laughs) Devil lives to see the new duke, his brother Ewan, without an heir. But for Felicity, the duke is seemingly her last prayer. This falls nicely in with Devil's plans to foil Ewan, and he cares little that it leads to Felicity's ruin. That is until he gets to know more of our Lady Lockpick and finds himself falling for this sassy chick. But the deeper Devil gets, the less worthy of her he feels. Meanwhile, Felicity likewise finds herself falling head over heels. Not with the Duke to whom she finds finds herself promised to wed but to devil who makes her forget she was rather well-bred. She is the light to his dark, the fire to his ice, and devil's plans will now come with a much higher price. Don't worry your pretty little head, this is a romance novel, no need to dread. Devil wrestles his (laughs) demons and finds his way to love, even if Felicity has given him a climactic shove. Felicity finds her worth and maybe some passion along the way, and Sarah McLean once again proves that her books straight up slay. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Look at you! So that spoils some of how I, what I thought of uh, Wicked and the Wallflower. But mom, what did you think of Wicked and the Wallflower? Well, see, Alan and I haven't talked about this at all. She asked. We me haven't, this, and I said I'm not going to talk to you until we do the podcast. Um, I really liked it. I really I liked, liked her a lot. I thought she was a great heroine. I thought she was. There was. Um, I really liked her process of changing from wanting to be the darling of society to I don't care about freaking society anymore. Yeah. And um, just I love her. What I loved about the book, and this is why I love Sarah McLean, is I love the witty banter. I mean, she is totally straight up sassy with him. And it's what makes him fall in love with her, too. But um, I just really... I really liked it. I liked, um, I really know, his- liked the, like, cause, and I listened, we are, our buddies over at Heaving Bosoms did, um, an interview with Sarah McLean where they kind of talked to her about, you know, this new series and things like that. And she talked a lot about, um, kind of leaving the ballroom and dealing with these heroes that are more in the kind of underbelly of London. And, you know, they're still wealthy and we're still dealing with some matters of dukedom and titledom and things like that. Um, But it was really fun. You know, we've read some other series, like you and I have read Maiden Lane, which kind of gets into more of the, you know, criminal aspect of, uh, of London. But it was really fun to kind of you know, learn more about this side of London and outside of the kind of pretty ballrooms and things like that, that we, we've seen a lot of. I agree. And it was, um, 
Because at the beginning of the book, she was just dead set on becoming, you know, the little darling of society again that she was before and then had kind of lost that. Yeah. And um, just from getting to know him and getting close to him, she just decided, I, I, I don't really care about these people or what they think of me or any of that. So yeah. it was kind of fun to see that process of change in her. Yeah, and she kind of has that line where she's like, I'm tired of um, something to do with, like, I'm tired of the ballrooms. I want to know more about the people who built the ballrooms. And Right. And you know. one thing that I'm really looking forward to in this series is because I'm hoping that we get to see more of her. Because it was really kind of the end of the series that, I mean, the end of the book that, you know, she she gets pants to wear and she wants to be part of his organization and she wants to help him. And it'll be fun to see how she plays out in some of the subsequent books. Yeah, to kind of see, like, what role she picks up. Um, yes. You know, he's still super rich. Because, of course, you know, we're not going to have... always super rich. We're not going to have a poor guy in the underbelly <laughs> of London. What? What is the point in falling in love with a poor guy? <laughs> Especially back then, man. Oh, yeah. you don't want You don't want poverty back then. Um uh yes i i also loved both of them um i found i do think you know who says you can't learn anything from a romance novel i was really interested in like you know when they talk about like smuggling ice and things like that and just like the lengths that you don't think about like the lengths that they would have had to go to back then to get freaking ice to to get ice well they would (laughs) break it from you know, places where things were frozen over and then bring yeah. it down. I know, but that's that's crazy. Like, I just don't... Yeah. I, you don't think about that. Um, so I thought that was all really interesting. Um, and I, like you, was just... Well, first of all, like, with Sarah McLean, yes, she's got... Definitely got the witty banter. But she's so good at creating, like, an entertaining, fun read that is still, like gangbusters off the charts passionate and just like there's just these lines that are like so sweepingly romantic that it's ridiculous where I was just like oh swoon Um, (laughs) and she's pretty like she's pretty singular in that right now I feel like she's you know you've got kind of Tessa Dare who gets somebody like Tessa Dare or Julia Quinn who they're both really good at the fun, funny reads. And their their books are also, like, you know, romantic. and But they tend to be more sweet. Whereas, like, I think she's really good at finding that fun, fun read, like, fun, funny read that is still, like, you know, just... Well, and just the things he would say to her when he would, you know, compliment oh, her. They were, and they were kind of, like, off-the-cuff compliments where she was like, wait a minute, did he really just you know, compliment me like that. And it would just yeah. take her breath away. Cause he's just so sweet to her. Yeah. Um, but the banter, like let's talk the banter for a second. Um, I wrote down some lines that I liked, but <laughs> this is, um, Felicity Faircloth. You are not what I expected. You say that as though it is a compliment. It is. Will it still be one when I hit you squarely in the head with this candlestick? <laughs> <laughs> I love that he always calls her Felicity Faircloth. And, yeah. they, and she even says at the end, she says, so once we're married, are you still going to call me Felicity Faircloth? <laughs> but it's true. Like, there are just some people, like, I had a friend growing up that, like, there's just some people that 
their name just sounds good with the first and last name. Yes. And you just need both sometimes. Um, the other one that I wrote down that I liked was, um, it's towards the end, um, but he says something about liking her, and she's like, you're bleeding from the head, there isn't time for liking me. He's like, there will always be time for liking you, Felicity Faircloth. <laughs> Speaking <Aww>. of. <laughs> I don't know, I just, I just love, I, I love the banter, and I thought they were super sweet. Um, I agree, and I, I'm very excited for the next book, because we've got a very broody... Okay. Bye. Well, I'm excited for Beast. Like, it'll be fun. Um, but I asked this, like, the only thing Mom and I talked about in relation to this book is I said, Mom, do you know which book I'm super excited <laughs> for? Because I am just dying to know what is going on with you and in Grace. <laughs> well, and there's so many of these series that they'll introduce a character and I'll, I'll just think... I hate him so much. There's just no way he can have his own book because I hate him so much and I will never, ever, ever like him. And they always, always. Yeah, you know. Bring him around. Well, and we, we talked, like, Mom and I talked about this, but I can see where he's going to be redeemable. I, you know, everybody, everybody's always giving you in a hard time because they're like, you turned your back on us, you, you know, you sacrificed us so that you could get the dukedom but you know that there's more to that than right that he did i think he did it for a certain reason whether that was to to he knew something to protect them yeah um so and he's just so desperate to find grace that i'm like yes give it to me i need to (laughs) read this book but she's she's really good at giving you like just enough about them to make you excited, but you know, not enough to to spoil. And talk the book. about London's underbelly because Grace has kind of an interesting occupation. Yes, too. she does, and that's another. <laughs> it'll be it'll be fun. Um, okay, so do we want to start getting into my questions that I came up sure. with? Sure. Okay. In the past, I have mentioned this a few times, um, but I think that she is one of the very few authors that for me, always seems to nail the first book in a series. And we've talked about this is not always the case. And more often than not, it's not always the case. So how did this one measure up for you in comparison to her other firsts and to just other firsts in the genre in general? Well, it does. And one of the reasons that first books are hard is because they have to go to lengths to introduce the other characters yeah so that when as a series continues you know who in fact you can usually tell from the first book who all is going to get a book yeah and um she did a good job of introducing all those characters and still making the story engaging and fun it's hard to say if it suffers from first book syndrome because we haven't read the other books yet so it might be that this is my favorite book in the series. It might be that this is my least favorite book in the series. I That's don't true. Know. Um, I, I say that about her just because, for me, A Rogue by Any Other Name is probably my favorite of all of her books. I love that. I don't know. I think I'm... I don't know that I, everybody would agree with me on that front, but I just love that book so much. It's, like, one of my favorites of all time. And... um and, and then one of my I think, favorites is The Rogue Not Taken. Yeah, which is also and that's first. another first book. 
And then I also think that the first book in the Love by Numbers series, which don't ask me to say what that title is. It's like nine something. Um, but that is my favorite book in that series as well. Um, I, I think I this is not the, like, it does not all boil down to this, but I think I've diagnosed something that um, I really like in first Sarah McLean books. Um, she really makes the most of having her heroes surrounded by friends and brothers and things who are cynical about love and give that first hero so much crap for like <laughs> for, for falling, falling in, in love. love. <laughs> um, because think about it, like Born really got it. You know, he they give everybody gives him a really hard time in this book for it, and I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I like it. That is fun. It is cute. So uh, fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I'm like you. I can't, you know, say in comparison. But, and I did see some people, I did see some reviews that kind of mentioned that this one was a little more slow going in the beginning. Because, um, you know, she's got to introduce this whole ice smuggling thing. Um, and she kind of... I mean, she doesn't introduce the backstory until later in the story, but um, introduce know, the characters, and... introduce the characters, introduce that they are how they're related because the three brothers are all from the same dad, but yes. Grace is from his wife, but not yes. the dad's. It's very, <laughs> it's important very important that, you... that we understand that Grace is not related to these guys related. at all. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. Uh, and then she's got to, I mean, at the very least at the beginning, she's got to set up, um, you know, why it's important to Devil to, uh, to not, to make sure that there's not an heir and, you know, his whole plot for, for trying to, for trying to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, but, you know, I have a feeling that Grace is gonna end up producing some some airs i have a feeling there's gonna be some airs <laughs> some air some airs um, oh i forgot to mention this earlier but what okay well this can be a question what was your favorite moment in the book because i've got mine <laughs> um gosh i gotta think back through well tell me yours and i'll tell you if i agree oh, gosh or mom when he tells her his like real name I oh. swooned so hard. <laughs> and he just loves it when she says it. And... Yeah. And, like, she tells him and she knows, like, as soon as he says what, you know, his real name, she, like, realizes the importance of this and, like, and then he's kind of like, oh, why did I say that? Like, I'm revealing too much. But, you know, it's of course, because he loves her. I liked, I really liked any time they were conversing because they were just... I just really liked the dialogue in this book. Yeah. So that's a great segue into my next question. Um, This book has got the bants. It's got good banter. Mm -hmm. So what do you think makes her banter successful? Well, personally, I think... um, uh, Felicity Faircloth. (laughs) Yes. Because you have to say both names. Yeah. Um, 
I think she was just really funny. I think that she had a lot of great lines. I think that she had some great comebacks to a bunch of his, you know, kind of snarliness. And, and um, we've talked just, about this before, but, like, we really, we're, we're suckers for the kind of more grumpy, broody heroes and the more, you know, fun, right. flighty, not flighty, but the fun heroines and i think that you i think that we like that so much because you get really good banter out of that out of somebody trying to like drag somebody into well especially conversation um sweet bubbly little funny you know um what's the word they use clever witty girls yeah with these grumpy guys and so when the grumpy guys try to be all grumpy and broody the girls draw them out of it with their clever dialogue yes Yes. um and then something else that i picked up on this time um i know that we don't much care for woody allen these days um but sarah mclean's writing has something kind of in common with his writing and directing style he's pretty well known for having these kind of like ensemble scenes where he has everyone kind of talking over each other and it feels very natural because that happens a lot you know you're sitting around a table at dinner and everybody's kind of throwing in their two cents every and she's really good at writing that and writing and then like even when it's just two people writing dialogue that just is kind of snappy and feels more like rapid fire like an actual conversation does right Um, and you tend to read it that way you'll start reading you know, with this very rapid fire or, you know, they said over each other and, yeah. and, and she can make it so you feel that. So it's real. Yeah. Um, so that was something that I picked up on this time. Um, okay. Let's, let's chat about this. Let's chat about the absence of missishness in historical heroines, because I know that this is a bugaboo of yours, mom. <laughs> I would say that something that Sarah McLean's heroines all have in common is a complete lack of any sort of miss- missishness, even when all facets of their upbringing would point to them having at least, like, the slightest modicum of it. Um, so what do you think, mom? Does it take you out of it? Is it believable? And if you're not understanding for, I mean, I know mom knows where I'm going with this. I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) We, we, we kind of crack up because you have these like blushing virgins who are growing up in the Regency period and like the second they're, you know, faced with this guy, they're like, oh yeah, I know how all of this works, and like, I'm yeah. gonna get super sultry and seducy right now, um, <laughs> and yes, it's a lot of fun, and, you know, makes for much hotter scenes than, like, you know, these And I'm sure that who- there were, you know, like, some girls that were like, but for every single one of these girls to be, you know, oh, you're gonna go down on me? Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally on board with this. <laughs> I've never, ever had anyone touch me before, but, oh, yeah, you want to do that? Oh, and let me do this for you. And it's like, wow, okay, well. <laughs> it always cracks me up. I and, mean, um, in romance novels defense, most of the time when that happens, that in particular, they're like, 
what? This is a thing that people do? But they get over it real quick. <laughs> Super quick. And um, <laughs> But also, just like uh, the rooftop sex in this one, where... <laughs> The funny thing is later on, he says, well, if you're going to have sex on the roof, you need to call off the watch. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> and he's like, ah, Grumble, grumble, grumble. But, um, no, no bedroom sex in this book, let's point out. You've got Ice House, garden, uh, garden and roof. Yeah. All outdoorsy stuff. <laughs> they're, they're outdoorsy. That's what they'll put on there. Dating profile. But, um, yes, it, it cracks me up how they're just like these girls, and because she's like 27 years old, never had any, never even been kissed before, if I Was remember she, correctly. Uh, I thought she's, I thought she had been before. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure she was talking about mm-hmm. her first kiss okay. being with Devil. And, um, okay. And then all of a sudden, so he's lifting her skirts, and she's like, oh, yeah, let's go. And it just cracks me up that they never have any, rarely do they have any kind of inclination about, um, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe this isn't. (laughs) Well, and it's these girls that are brought up to, like, you know, any, any slightest. I mean, we've talked before about kind of our religious upbringings with uh in regards to to sex and things like that. And I feel like if you're raised to be like no 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 don't don't let him touch you there, like you're going to have slightly more reservations about it than <laughs> most of these girls seem to. I mean, I understand why it happens and it certainly is probably more fun than watching, you know, us prudes like us um not that we're prudes i don't i don't think we're prudes mom do you i don't know in comparison to others we are um but uh yeah mom always cracks up this is like a long-standing joke with us that you know i think the best example in sarah mclean is I was shocked at Little Miss Pippa in One Girl, Good Girl Deserves a Lover. Yeah, because that was nuts. And, and, I and mean, it was him just telling her what to do, and he wasn't even touching her. And um, she just kind of was had no problems, no qualms about any of it. I mean, let's let's be honest. It was well. It when was... you get their inner dialogue, you get a little. Well, maybe what, should I be doing this? Yeah, I should. <laughs> yeah, I should. <laughs> and also the whole fact of, um, you know, if you have sex with this guy, you're not a virgin anymore. And then if you don't marry him, whoever you marry is going to know that you've been ruined because there's always they can always tell. They don't care, mom. They want they want their one night of passion. <laughs> just one of the things that the other thing that's funny in these books and this is a little off topic but every now and then when i'm sitting next to my husband i'll put my hand on his knee or something and i'll say can i feel heat through his back? <laughs> yeah mom has mom has talked about this to me before but they can always the feel thing. yeah like they'll both be wearing gloves but when he touches her hand she can feel the heat through his glove i'm like really can she <laughs> listen they're in these hot stuffy ballrooms maybe they can well, and you know, I'm even talking, you know, like they're in the carriage driving somewhere and it's cold because she's had this rock, heated rocks by her feet or whatever they did. And 
I, even though it's cold, I can, I can still feel his heat. And it's like, really? Can you really? Can you really feel heat through his? Maybe I mean, like their fabric was his really warm. Where he's got maybe, a shirt and a coat. <laughs> maybe their fabric was a lot flimsier back then, Mom. They didn't have denim and things like that. Ellen, no, <laughs> no. Stop ruining this for I'm me, Mom. Falling foul on that whole thing. <laughs> I mean, I do, you know, I will touch my husband, whom I love very much, but I don't feel a lot of heat. <laughs> Maybe Dad's cold-blooded. He's like a reptile. <laughs> Cold-hearted snake. There's a, there's a kink in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let, like, let's just, let's just say, though, Sarah, if you're listening, which you're probably not, but Sarah, if you're listening, um, I, I don't. I don't hate this, this whole mission, mission, like, complete absence. I mean, I like these girls that are like, yeah, let's, let's, let's go, Laura, let's do this. Um, <laughs> let's do this. But we just kind of crack up because it it's like, there's well, no Regency heroine. she's not the only person who does it. It's like in no, all of these No, no, books. no, no, no. There's no Regency heroine that has any sort of, like, reservations about any I mean, sort of sexual Every now and then act. you come around across someone who, you know, is a little, feels a little weird about it or whatever, but... For the most part, most of them are like but, wearing to But go. the thing is, is like I know girls today. I like I have friends that are like, hell no, I'm not giving him a blowjob. <laughs> but <laughs> none of these girls. <laughs> nope, they all. And in fact, sometimes it's their first experience, and that's where they where they go first. And it's like, yeah. really? That's the progression of of sex in a romance novel. Is we've talked about this before. It goes passionate kiss, oral of some variety. Either on him or on her. Usually on her, because right. we're, we're we are women here as for our, um, and then, and then you know, home runs, yes. and <laughs> rounded the bases. Round, 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 and round they go. Um, okay, so next question: What did you think of Devil as a hero? I love Devil. It's, uh, I loved his. His, you know, we we saw we talked about her journey from, you know, wanting to be the belle of the ball to I don't care about any of those people. His journey from, there's no way I ever want to, you know, get married or mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. That's I mean that's like a big deal to all of them. They don't want to have any kind of connections, mm-hmm. and he. But to see him go from that to. And at the beginning of the book, he wants to ruin... I mean, she's going to get destroyed in their plan. I mean, she's yeah. going to be... In his plan, let's make this clear, because everybody else... I love that, like, everybody from the beginning that's around him is like, this is not going to go well, because you're obviously already, like, jonesing yeah, for this girl. Yeah, you're not going to be able to go through with this. <laughs> <laughs> Your plan is, is f- flawed. It's flawed, yeah. <laughs> but to see him go from, you know, okay, she's going to get destroyed and I don't care, to... I can't do this to her. And then to, I want her for myself. I mean, yeah. that whole. Yeah. Trans- I love, I love transition. that like transition from like, no, he, he can't have her. Like my whole plan centers around him having her, but he can't have her. <laughs> yes, I love that's that. right. And then how he gets all upset when he kisses her hand or kisses her. And, Oh, I love, I loved that when, um, <laughs> when, uh, Ewan kisses Felicity and then uh-huh. he's like, 
go go tell your master that I kissed her. Yeah, that he gets the, finds the kid that was spying on him. He says, yeah. you go tell him I kissed her. Make sure you tell him I kissed her. <laughs> I loved that. Love it. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I loved him. I don't know if we've mentioned this, but I love I love the grumpy ones. Um, I say I joke because we say that every episode. Um, I sort of wish that we got somewhat of a better sense of like his past, like maybe some more flashbacks or something. But being familiar with her, like I am, um, I know that her series are usually like this, right? They kind of build on each other and. Right. Um, and I know that she's probably saving some of that for for Beast, but yeah, probably I'm even sure more, more so for that. Ewan and Grace. I'm sure that any of all that, I mean, a lot of all that history is going to come out in subsequent yeah. books. Um, next question. What did you see as the takeaway theme or message? I know you don't always see these in these books, but did you get anything out of this one. I can go first if you're if you need some time. You can go first so I okay. got some time to think. Um so she is always kind of coming back to these symbols of like fire and ice, moth and flame, light and dark, and then she's she <laughs> Sarah McLean is very well versed in her Greek myths because there is like a Greek myth that comes up in every <laughs> single one of her books, which I like. Um and it makes sense because that's like all they had to read back then. Well not all this they was had. Roman mythology by the way. Was it? Oh, sorry, uh, <laughs> it's one of those. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was. I thought it. Was, okay, whatever. But like the past, present, future, like all of these motifs kind of play a big part. And I think for him, the key one is um, kind of the light and dark, and that he always sees himself as this dark being who can't ever have any light in his life. I wrote down this quote because I really liked it. Um, he's like, you can't hold sunlight, though. No matter how much you wish to touch it, it slips through your fingers, chased away by the dark. And she says, you're wrong. Sunlight is not chased away by dark. It fills it up. Which I thought was so sweet. Um, And that's one of those lines that I was just like, oh, swoon. Um, But, so, and you kind of touched on this earlier, but I think for him, the key thing is, like, realizing that there can be kind of sunlight in this darkness and that, um, you know, even though he has this very horrid past and things like that, that he can still find these moments of light with her and things like that. And then I think for her, kind of the key motif was her flame and kind of becoming the flame, you know, that yes gets to like swallow up this moth in in sexual passion um but kind of finding her worth right and finding that her worth does not is not based on what other people in this society think of her and like whether or not they accept her and things like that but um but and when she gets to tell off her friend her friend finger quotes when she gets to tell her off at the ball it's like yes you go. Big mistake. Let- Huge. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was her big mistake. Huge moment. Um, and I'm referring to Pretty Woman, if you don't know what I'm talking about there. Um, but yeah, so I think that they both kind of had their different journeys, right? And you mentioned that. Right. But her was, I think hers was finding her worth outside of society and 
more, you know, what she wanted out of her life, which was being with somebody that she loves. And, you know, she always kind of knew that she wanted that, right? She wanted somebody, she wanted love and people kind of, you know, oh, you want, you're holding out for love? Oh, that's what we're waiting for? Jeez. Um, (laughs) But finding that she's worth that and worth waiting for that and um, that she doesn't really care how she gets it, you know, whether it's through society or not. Right. And and just realizing that, like you said, there's, she has worth outside of what society thinks of her. And just what she thinks of herself is more important than what society thinks of her. Yeah. And that she is, she is a flame, right? She gets, she's a lockpick and she's cool and she's she smart and feisty. So, yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I got. I don't know if you just got that I agree and the whole uh, metaphor of the moth and flame and how it changes from her being a moth wanting to go to a flame to her being the flame that's them bringing the moth to her so yeah um okay and then my last question is who do you think wit is going to end up with or beast as he's also known um I don't well there's a little there's a little teaser at the end of this book um I was hoping that he might end up with Nick because not that I ever got like any sort of sexual tension between the two of them, but I really want her to get a book. I think she's an yeah, interesting I like character. Nick too, and I'd like to see her. So get Sarah, some, get to get work on that. Um, <laughs> but I think it might be Lilith, who is another one of the like heiresses in uh, Day of the Duchess, like Felicity was, um, and I. think think that it might be her or it's going to be somebody we've never met i didn't i don't like to read teasers at the end of books because i hate to get all worked up about it and then not be able to read the book so it's just <laughs> easier for me not to read those well so there's that but i'm not um, even a fan actually i'm not a fan of reading a book that the whole series isn't out yet <laughs> yeah she doesn't yeah mom doesn't like that she gets angry at me when i recommend a series that is still in progress it's true i do you never get to read new books if you don't do that i'm fine with reading old books (laughs) that's true um okay mom is there anything else that you feel you need to say on wicked and the wallflower um no i'm excited for the rest of the books i loved this book i i love sarah mclean yeah, we we definitely do. And um yeah, I'm excited for this series. I think um like I said, I like kind of getting to see the darker side of Regency England and um I don't know, just kind of and like I I really liked learning kind of more about I don't know. I like anytime there's something kind of cool and historical and kind of little interesting factoid about something like ice smuggling or um <laughs> and that that was a you know way that they snuck in you know contraband was interesting um so yeah so i i really liked this i'm excited for the rest of the series i cannot wait for you and in grace i need to know what's going on there <laughs> um can't stress that enough so um yeah so I think those are our thoughts on Wicked and the Wallflower by Sarah McLean. 
We would love to hear from you on our Facebook page, Goodreads Group, our Twitter, which is at NotYourMomsRom, or you can email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. A few of you already kind of started sending us your thoughts on this book, and I think we we got a lot of lot of yays so i'm glad that you guys liked it um if you would like to read along with us and email us with your thoughts or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read we'd love to hear from you on july 9th uh we will be discussing wanderlust by lauren blakely it is a standalone book and as a and as listener sarah informed us if you are an audiobook fan like mom is um, Richard Armitage narrates the male POV for this book, so we are interested. I love him. Yeah, we love him. Um, so, also, I should say that um, we made a little thing that shows what our reading schedule is for the summer, so if you want to read ahead or get ready um, for our summer reading, you can find that on our Twitter, and I'll also post it on our Facebook. I haven't done that yet. Um, But so for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about romance titles, and we'll play a little game with romance titles, so stay with us. So for our little break segment today, we thought, um, in honor of our next book, which is, like I said, in part narrated on audiobook by Richard Armitage... Um, we've talked a lot about Richard Armitage on this podcast because um, he comes up because he's very handsome and very spoony. We just saw Ocean's 8 and he was in Ocean's 8. He was in Ocean's 8 and um, shoot, I'm not going to remember her name, but somebody sent me on Twitter uh, an argument. Somebody was saying that they didn't like Ocean's 8's uh, male lead because he was un- he was forgettable and mom and I like anytime we went and saw that movie together and anytime he came on screen we like squeed so yeah well we love him very much so um in case you are not familiar with Richard Armitage we thought it best to talk about north and south which i know is pretty like standard protocol in the romance genre most people have seen it and are f- very familiar but I am always shocked by people, the amount of people who have not partaken of North and South. And it's got your grumpy, brooding hero. Which and he is, you know I love. And um, he is grumpy and broody. Basically, North and South is, it's a novel by Elizabeth Gaskell, um, adapted by BBC or something, uh, or maybe ITV, but... Adapted for British television. It's a mini-series, much alike, uh, much akin to Pride and Prejudice. In fact, North and South is basically the story of Pride and Prejudice set in the Industrial Revolution in England. Is that fair? Yes. I mean, almost beat for beat in some respects. It's it's interesting. Um, I thought the setting was better. I know this is, you know... I liked the setting better than Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. I liked the, um, I thought it was interesting, the whole thing about the textile mills and how they were affected by, you know, America undercutting all the prices on everything. And and it was, I thought it was an interesting setting for the story. It's um, Pride and Prejudice with more cotton and more. Uh, <laughs> Lots more cotton. And a lot more death. 
There's some there's yeah, some sad yeah. things that happen in this. There one. is sad things. Um, but great it's, cast though. It's got a lot great of great cast. So great good. Dish. It's got Brendan Coyle, also uh, familiar to most as Mr. Bates Downton from Downton Abbey. Um, and it's just really good. I'm pretty sure I know it's on Netflix. I think it's also on Amazon Prime. Um, it's not. If you look up North and South, it's not the miniseries with Patrick Swayze. Um, from the 80s about, about the Civil, the Civil War. War. It's um, the one with Richard Armitage uh, set in England. Um, and it's really good. Check it out in anticipation of us talking a lot about Richard Armitage next week, <laughs> next time. Also, also, just for kicks, if you want to see him as a brooding bad guy, watch some of oh, the Robin yeah. Hood series. Yeah, which we also liked a lot. He plays... Um, who does he play? He plays Sheriff of, Sheriff of Nottingham, Nottingham in the, um, which I th- I'm pretty sure that series is on Netflix. It's like a BBC series about Robin Hood. It was for a long time. I don't know if it still is. but it's Lots of Jonah cute guys Ar- in that Jonas show. Jonas Armstrong? Jonah Armstrong? Jo- I can't remember yeah. what his name was. But cute, yeah, lots of cute guys. And yeah. um, just a lot of fun. It was a fun series. Yes. Also, Richard Armitage is What's-His-Face? Why can't I think of the dwarf's name in <laughs> Oak Oakenshield? Yeah, Thorn Oak Thorn of Oakenshield. Thorn Oakenshield. Um, my brother is so disappointed in me right now that I that I didn't you remember something Thorn's from Hob- <laughs> from the Hobbit. The Hobbit. Um, anyway, so that is our recommendation. All three of those, but especially check out North and South. It is there are some of the most swoony lines in that, oh. especially coming out of his face. Um, and also the music in that is so beautiful. And if you do not die in that last scene, I don't Just know. Just an you. amazing ending. Oh, oh. Gosh. It's, it's the best. Um, anyway, so check that out. Let us know what you think, especially if you're seeing it for the first time. Um, and we would just love to hear from you on that or any front. So um, we will see you for our next break, break segment later. Bye. And we are back to talk about some of the good and bad titles in romance. And I am talking about the literal title of a book. Um, I thought this would be a good topic in conjunction with our Sarah McLean chat because I happen to be a big fan of her titles. I think she does them very well. I'm particularly fond of A Rogue by Any Other Name, uh, both the title and the book itself. One Good (laughs) Earl Deserves a Lover, The Rogue Not Taken, which is the most perfect title for a road trip book. She does a lot of play on words. Yes. Um, So I think some titles in romance are less successful, though. So, Mom, what do you think makes for a good title? Well, here's my problem with most romance novels. Not all. Some people do a really good job, like you just mentioned Sarah McLean. Mm -hmm. But it seems like there's so many where they're the exact same title. (laughs) Now, to prove my point, and I loved this series, but I pulled up the Maiden Lane series. Okay. And I just want to read through some of these names for you. But I love the Maiden Lane series, and I yeah. love her writing. But um, So I'm not going to read them all, but we've got uh, Thief of Shadows, Duke of Midnight, Lord of Darkness, 
Those are all the exact same title. <laughs> and then um, there was more uh, Duke of Sin. Well, you uh, made the you made the point with uh, Gentle Duke Rogue and Tender Rebel by Joanna yeah. Lindsay that those are the exact same title. They're the same title. You just take a thesaurus and you just change the words and you've got the exact same title. So, so it just seems like, I don't know, um, like lazy title making. And then a lot of times the title has, like it doesn't even come up in the book why that's the title of the book. I mean, sometimes... And I especially noticed it with the um, Joanna Lindsay series. Like, it would be a title, and I had no idea what what that title had to do with the story. It was very loosely yeah. attached to the story. From a business standpoint, I would be really interested to know, like, what the percentage is of titles that are decided by the author and titles that are kind of decided by the publisher and how much say a publisher or an editor or whatever gets in what the title is. Because I have to imagine that there's some sort of like formula that they have, like something along these lines is going to be more marketable and, you know, more catchy. Well, and also it's way more prevalent in the historicals than yes i noticed that in in my uh research for this segment right and the um like for example the true north series that we just read they're all i think all of them are different varieties of apples i think most of them are anyway some of them are Mm -hmm. like speakeasy was um the name of their bar at the end but um spoiler and that might be an apple as well i don't know but like bittersweet and and the other ones were Bountiful, all different keeps or yeah kinds of apples um which is cute that's clever and it comes up in the story yeah you know they usually came up in the story what that was and um so you know that put some there's some thought put into that and it, it has to do with the story these are very I don't know. And nothing against the authors. Like you said, probably a lot of it comes from publishers, not necessarily authors. But um, they truly are. There's so many of them that are just so superficial. And uh, they all just all sound the same. That's why it's so hard for me to remember the names of these books. Because they literally all sound like the exact same title to me. Yeah. Um so a couple, a few trends that I saw kind of when I was looking at a lot of these titles, um, you see some like one word titles, but it needs to be a good word if it is going to be one word. Um, I saw Ravished by Amanda Quick, which is kind of a classic in the genre, um, which that's Ravished is a great word. Um, <laughs> and, but you do see some word, one worders where, you know, you want to make it a little less forgettable, right? Um, You see alliteration a lot, which everybody loves some good alliteration. You've got the Desperate Duchesses series. Um, You see alliteration a lot in, like, uh, in series names. So you've got Sinful Suitors, uh, Desperate Duchesses, and I think that is just because it's snappy, right? And it's easier to remember. Well, and, like, like Lisa Kleypas, she always uses, not always, but 
a couple of her series, she uses seasons and times yeah. of day. Yeah, and um, that's true. She so, but it's usually a thread through the series. Yeah, you know, like uh, the wallflowers. They all had a season, and they then all, and they were all set during it, that season. And was it the Hellions of Halstead? One of those where they had like a different time of day, like Hellions like is midnight or uh, not her it, at dawn or at dusk or yeah. you know they all I had like a different time of day. Um, but some of them, well, like uh, is it Kerrigan Byrne who wrote? The, uh, uh, the highwayman, the highwayman, yeah, and so th- that's kind of cool the way it was. Each one had like you know to me that's a good. Although title. the later titles in that series are getting away yeah, from that highwayman Scott hunter, Bed's his wife or whatever. Yeah, but um, anyway, uh, the I went back and looked at the I went back and looked through some of the series that I've read. So I looked at the Mackenzie McBride series. And they, a lot of those have, like, the actual name of the guy or the girl yeah. in the title. And, see, that makes it may, way easier for me to go back and say, oh, yeah, I've read that, and I remember I liked it because I remember this about it. Were these, like, if you told me Lord of Darkness, I wouldn't know what book that was. One book from the other, yeah. I would never know one book from the other. Yeah. But if you talk about, you know. The Madness of, the Lord, madness Ian of Lord Ian McKenzie. McKenzie, I know exactly what book that is. It's true. So... Yeah. Um, the other thing that I saw a lot of is um, a lot of them use, like, lines, like, lyrics from songs or, you know, well-known kind of phrases. And they either, like, use that exact phrase or they kind of do a play on it. So, like, a rogue by any other name, for right. example. Um, or it had to be you by Susan Elizabeth Phillips, which, you know, is a pretty well-known song. Um and I think that probably falls into the marketability, right? It's something that people know and recognize. can recognize. And, you know, maybe that will even endear the like to somebody who's just looking through a shelf. It's like, oh, it had to be you. I love that song. You know, like, right. or the cleverness of a title, you know, a rogue by any other name. Oh, that's, that's fun. And it, you know, stands out and sticks in your mind. So... I would be interested to know, like, from, like, the marketing standpoint, um, kind of what they look for and if they see a difference in, like, sales with, uh, with a snappy title, you know? Um, so this game that I came up with, I found some titles. Your task is going to be, I'm going to, we're going to kind of play match game 77 here. Um... (laughs) I'm going to... Gene Rayburn? Yeah. I'm going to... About a really long, skinny mic. Um, I'm going to blank out a word, and let's see if you can finish the title. The, I, you know I don't remember these titles. I know. The well. thing is, is, I was like, okay, I'll stay away from titles that mom's read, but I could totally use titles that you've read, because you don't remember any of them anyway. I don't remember them. But I, I'm explaining to you why I don't remember them. They are all the same title. Okay. Let's see. And... You know, some of the things that we just talked about are going to come up in these titles, so that might help you, you know, try and figure out what they are. The Perils of Blank. Penelope. No. (laughs) You're in the right... It's alliteration, though. The Perils of... The Perils of Pregnancy. The Perils (laughs) of... That would be appropriate for a lot of (laughs) people. The Perils of... 
I don't know. <laughs> the perils of pleasure. Oh, which gosh, is a, which is one. a good title. That's a good title. That is. The That's by pleasure. Julianne Long. Gonna be honest, did not love that book, but um, it's a good title. Okay. The Blank of Shadows. The Lord of Shadows. The <laughs> You're Duke on the right. What was it? What did you say? The Duke of Shadows. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Maiden Lane book? Because no. they're all named that. It's by Meredith Duran, though. Oh, okay. um, a Blank Awakened. A Blank Awakened? Yeah. Um, a Blank Awakened. A Lord Awakened. So, you're so a close. What's the, like... Duke. No, what's... So, Lord, what's, like, the gender swap of that? Earl. Gender swap. Oh, the gender swap of that? Oh. Um, a Lady Awakened. Yep. By Cecilia Grant. Um, blank to sensation. Ooh. And this is alliteration. <laughs> blank to sensation. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I keep thinking a really dirty, inappropriate thing. Oh, um, <laughs> don't say it. I don't want to hear you say it. Um, blank to sensation. Um, uh, I don't know. This is a harder one. Slave to sensation, ooh, which is a good ooh. title. That is a good title. Uh, by Nalini Singh. I know these are like classics that everybody else knows but mom doesn't know any of them so i figured i could get Sorry, away with it i don't um a blank like no other <laughs> a, uh... your mind is like <laughs> <laughs> now i've got all these dirty things in my brain <laughs> a cock like no other huh? a cock like no other uh no <laughs> It's okay. This is like your clue. It's a it's a paranormal vampire book. Oh, um, a paranormal a bite like no other. <laughs> no, a, you're close though. A um a paranormal vampire book. A, a I don't know. Hunger like no other. Oh, like no other. Mm. By Cressley Cole, which uh, that's a great series. That's the immor- that's the first book in the Immortals After Dark series, and Mom can't read that series, but I do recommend it. <laughs> Crazy thing called blank. Love. Yep. By Molly O'Keefe. That one's you know, that's just Crazy proof of my blank. song lyrics. One. Um, rough and blank. Ready. Yep. By Sandra really? Hill. <laughs> yep. Any blank will do. Any duke will do. Any You're Lord so close. Gender swap of the duke. Duchess. Any duchess will do. By Tessa Dare, which you have read, and I knew you would I remember. I have read that one. <laughs> no, I don't remember. Okay. Um, cloudy with a chance of? Meatballs. Cloudy. <laughs> no, but first letter is correct. Cloudy with a Chance of Marriage. Yes! By Stephanie Bresch. Um, and then our last one. Date Me Baby blank blank blank. One more time. Yes! 
wait, that was by Stephanie Brush. Cloudy with a Chance of Marriage is by Kieran Kramer. Um, But those were just some fun titles that I found that I thought would be good for this game. Um, Perfect. So anyway, that is kind of, those are our thoughts on, um, on romance titles. What are some of your favorite romance titles? I would love to know. Send me some good ones. I'm I'm fascinated by what works for people and what does not. So I would love to know. Um, all right. So thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us for Wanderlust by Lauren Blakely in two weeks on July 9th, you can subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or you can find us on Twitter at NotYourMomsRom, or on Facebook or Goodreads, or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. Anytime. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.